Hello, hello. Welcome to the pre-roll for the show. Um, I'm Bevan. If we haven't met before, I'm excited you're here. I'm excited to share with you my friend, Celine. We talk a lot about the Glowing Goddess Getaway, which is an amazing women's cannabis self-care retreat. Um, We talk about her CBD book, uh, CBD cocktail book. So if you want a really cool way to like, you know, be with the times and uh, create little mocktails for folks at your parties. Give them a little CBD mocktail. It sets a tone. It's nice. Um, I'm so excited for that conversation. But first, I want to tell you about the best way to support this podcast, which is my Patreon page. Patreon is a website that allows creators like me to create a membership sort of situation where there's benefits at different tiers. Uh, for 25 bucks a month, you can do a weekly online aerobics class with me. I'm an aerobics teacher. Very inspired by Richard Simmons and Miss Piggy, um, dance aerobics from the 80s, etc. But I have a, a, a love for genres across many musical spectrums and really do deliver a one-of-a-kind uh, aerobics dance experience. It's kind of part healing, part um, like good stretching, part emotional release, part uh, flamboyant dance party. So Let's go be extra together. Um, and you can join that through patreon.com slash FKDP, which stands for Fat Kid Dance Party, the name of that aerobics class. Um, also, you know, five bucks a month gets you access to my Bevin's Bites, which is a series of shorts and meditations that I uh, talk about sort of centering uh, self-care. So just here on your journey to help you level up in your life, just little nuggets and things that um, are exclusive to my Patreon page. Again, patreon.com slash FKDP. And now it's on with the show. Okay. Okay, we're recording. Hey, everybody. Welcome to my podcast, Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends. And today my friend joining me is my friend, Celine. Hello, hello. Also known as Mama Celine, also known as uh, one of the co-owners of the Glowing Goddess Getaway. And uh, just a legend in the field of cannabis and self-care and self-love and just a person in my life who always reflects my heart. Like, I always feel my highest self reflected by Celine. And I think part of it is just because you live in this world with, like, complete authenticity and unconditional love in a way that I truly aspire to. I'm already making you cry. (laughs) Exactly. Good, we're doing it right. Less than 60 seconds and Saline's in tears. We got it. We got it. We did it. So sweet. <laughs> Those are big words because they make my heart feel really good because it makes me like super uh, aware that I'm here doing what I want to do, which is just be a light and, um, you know, of love. That's it. Just always emulating more love, more expansion always. Absolutely. And I think like where your career is so incredible. Um, You've had just so, so many winding roads. Um, And one of the things that I love most about uh, your career and just who you are is that you can smoke anyone under the table. Like you've done all this amazing stuff. (laughs) But then also you're just like a fucking badass stoner, babe. Yes. (laughs) For sure. Yeah, I never say no. Um, have you smoked weed with Snoop Dogg? No. No. That's a life goal of mine to see that happen. I have smoked with, you know, everyone in his office, his SFOs and CFOs and you name it, and everybody who works under him because I worked for him. 
Uh, but no, and I've met him, but I've not smoked with him. No. Yeah. Well, listen, let's get there someday. There's many other people I've smoked with and yeah, yeah. I'm all, ha- I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> it was mostly just cause you said one time I can smoke anyone under the table and I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Cause at the getaways, like the, what's nice about a getaway that has unlimited smoke is you can really, really see how like, and, and I work at the dab bar, the glow bar. So I'm like, they're providing all the different ways that people can get high at the getaways. And I love, I can kind of see like the patterns that emerge and like Celine is smoking and functioning and smoking more than anybody else. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. The truth is I barely go to the dab bar cause I want to save it for all of the guests mm-hmm. and I have my private reserve and I bring my private, I'll have one for the, you know, for the team, like there, mm-hmm. the, cause I want you to serve me up and it's fun. But like, you know, you see it's maybe three times throughout the thing because I'm over there in the corner doing my own little dabs and talking to people while they're dabbing. Yeah. <laughs> cause I want to keep going. <laughs> Absolutely. And for people who don't know what dabbing is, it's kind of like, a hummingbird feeder for consuming cannabis because the THC is turned into a sugar product that is then heated up, right? And then you smoke it through an apparatus that's sometimes got water in it and sometimes there's a travel, but it's like a real, a hot- But you're vaporizing uh, concentrated cannabis. Yeah. And it's, but it's sugar. And so that makes me think that everyone's a hummingbird coming to a hummingbird. And, um, so, okay. So the glowing out of getaway is only like a current thing that you're doing in cannabis. You've been in the cannabis industry for like a long time. Two decades. Two decades. Yeah. And, uh, will you give us a little bit of your history with the sister mother cannabis? Yes. I'd love to share my story. Well, I'll just give you, I'll go back further, which is I was, uh, always drawn to cannabis. I am a product of the sixties and raised in the seventies and 80s, and cannabis was much, um, uh, well, anyways, and I just was drawn to it more. I didn't really like alcohol. I didn't like the feeling of it, the taste of it. I always liked the weed. Um, my parents, you know, it wasn't like, they were like, oh yeah, you can smoke. No, they, no, they were total Christians. I went to a Christian private school from first to 12th grade. Whoa. Uh-huh. That's why I'm weed. Yeah. Seventh day, you know. Uh, Seventh day Adventist? Yeah. <laughs> And went to a Seventh-day Adventist school from first to 12th grade. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Yeah. Big. And, but the beautiful part about that was that my parents truly, truly were beautiful examples of what true Christianity and was. So in our home and in our lives, we had that beautiful example of unconditional love and the doors were always open and true family connections to family and community. Uh, The school, however, and the religion, however, showed so much, in my opinion, so much hypocrisy that I was like, I'm out. So after high school, you know, I studied a lot in college. I studied a lot of theology. I loved it. The study of religions and stuff. I love that. I love that everyone has a connection to something infinite, beautiful. I'm not going to judge how you get there, but for me, religions don't work, you know, but anyways, and then in my late teens, I was in a really serious car accident. I was going to beauty school. (laughs) I had my girlfriend in the car with me. We were putting on makeup and still going between, you know, lights. And we were going to pick up another friend to get on the freeway to go to beauty school. 
And uh, I was in a very small car. It was a Honda Civic. It's kind of the size of a Le Car today, back then, you know. And this is before the seatbelt law. So I had my girlfriend and me and all of our beauty school equipment in the back. And we were on our way to beauty school. And long story short, I hit the back of a double barrel gravel construction truck that was parked with no flashing lights. So it was his fault. And yet I hit him. The way that I hit it, it looked like they had to take the jaws of life to get us out. So it looked like we were, had been decapitated. And my friend who we were going to pick up, his mother was deaf. And she saw the car. And when she said, why are you not with Celine on your way to beauty school? And he said, I don't know. I don't know where she is. And then she realized that she saw that car accident. And it was me. And they thought they were kept. It was just really serious. Well, that accident, I pretty much broke almost every bone. I broke my second vertebrae in my neck. I broke my sternum. I broke three ribs. And I broke my leg in like five different places with a compound fracture that severed the main artery going to my foot. So they truly thought that they were going to have to amputate my foot. I was on a because I broke my neck, I, they had 15 pounds of weight. So I was in traction with my head in ICU. I had crushed some, um, I don't know, I had playo chest and I had a crushed chest. And so my breathing cavity couldn't go in and out normally. And so they had to do a tracheotomy. If you've ever noticed, I have a scar here. It's from a tracheotomy. So I was fully hooked up to a machine to breathe. Anyways, through that process, um, after they got me off of the respirators, I had 24-hour of surveillance with uh, respiratory therapists. (laughs) And I was young and going to beauty school. My hair was probably pink or purple or whatever color for that week. And um, these respiratory therapists, which were pretty hot at times, would come in and we became, they became, you know, they loved me and they saw my, you know, this girl with these spikes in her head hanging back, you know, in this room. So they would do sweet things for me. I mean, they would bring me gifts and dance and move my bed with me. And then one of them was like, yeah, I know. I'm like, I like to smoke pot. And he's like, oh, so do I. And did you know that cannabis is a bronchial dilator? And so what I'm doing right now in your lungs, you know, like feeding you through these tubes to make your lungs so that you have to cough so you don't get play out just because you're laying on your back. Um, that's what cannabis does. Only that's a natural herb that does that. So it was then that I learned that cannabis was medicine. You know what I mean? It was like, it dawned on me. And I was drunk really drawn to it. And after in my recovery, I never liked pills or anything like that. They didn't ever make me feel good. If I could just smoke my weed, I was going to be fine. And like I said, I grew up in a Seventh-day Adventist home, so it wasn't like I could light up anytime I want. But at this point, they were so grateful that I was alive and I was from head to toe, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen those halo vests. Well, I wore one of those to my midsection and then I had a cast up to my the top of my thigh and I was mostly in a wheelchair with this Herman monster effect in my head and my friends would come over and bring the bong and the weed and wheel me down to the park down the street and get me high and then we'd come back and my parents like some people would come to visit and they're like where's Celine she goes oh she's at the park and they knew if they said she's at the park she was getting high you know they were out to get me high so that's when I really, really solidified the relationship with cannabis. Like I was like, cannabis is my friend. She helps me through these dark periods and I really love her. 
And so with that comes the expense of having to have her around, right? <laughs> so it was the, yeah, it was the late seventies and I had a friend who was a roadie. His brother was a roadie for some band. I can't remember what band in San Francisco at the time, but sure enough, going through Eureka every year through Humboldt County at harvest time, he would get several units and be able to dispense them with the, amongst friends and so it turns out my best friend would bring down a couple pounds and I could have you know a QP here and a QP there to take my, care of myself and my friends and so that's always just grown into something more of like oh I'll get it for you and then I can smoke it for free so that's essentially what happened and I had moved to this is cut to many years later I moved to Venice Beach and there was a strong community there. I ran a very, very popular coffee shop. I was mostly in restaurant management and consulting. I would, anyways, and so I was running my friend's coffee shop that was kind of like the, you know, the, the coffee shop of the community. And I... Uh, Just to clarify for, for the youngins out there who don't know what coffee shop culture was, before Facebook and before we all had cell phones, we would have to go to the coffee shop to meet friends or to make connections or to like find our friends because they weren't answering their home phones because it used to be that you would call and didn't know who was going to answer. And you would just have to go someplace cool like a coffee shop run by Staline. Yes. Uh, you know. I tell people this all the time. It's such a lost culture that it was so wonderful. It was before we all had our handheld devices our community was an artist community. It was Venice Beach. It really truly was still a cheap place to live before the gentrification. And so the artists of the community would grab their papers, walk to the corner, grab their coffee from me and sit there. And I watched the artist community sit there with the paper and read current affairs and discuss things amongst some of the greatest artists there are truly in the community. And it was fascinating and fun. And I would be like, this is so unfair that you guys get to sit here for hours and I'm working my booty and a whole crew of people right now. I want your lifestyle. <laughs> I soon got it in different ways, but in any case, the local guy that we used to get our weed to move out of the area. Hey, you froze. Okay. And uh, become a tattoo artist. And so he basically sold his business of, you know, supplying the community with the best herb he sold his business to a friend of mine and I started working and basically long story short within a very short amount and within a year or so I had a, such a booming business as a delivery I started the first delivery service basically on the west side of Los Angeles and I had girls working for me and we were running around town and this was before dispensaries before delivery services I just had a really great community that knew me and be like oh no you can call saline oh no you can call saline and you know my girls would take care of them you know all around town so that started in the early 2000 um then in about 2000 i think um four or five around there uh while that was happening and it was really successful very successful uh I didn't have to do it anymore because I had girls working for me. And so I always had a catering and event planning business. I even had an event space where I'd throw like art openings and music nights and all kinds of things. So I wanted to merge my catering with that venue space. Again, 
prepping my way to do a GGG even back then. It's like, it's always been in my bones. My mom said, I can remember you planning a party in third grade. <laughs> it's just like in me, you know, I love it. I love to host and I just love it. And I love making people feel good. So from um, starting this thing, I always had the, the catering business. I went to expand and by turning, buying a turnkey business in the community, the woman knew of me. We had mutual friends. She's a little odd, but I was like, whatever. She wants to get out of catering. I can buy her restaurant. I can run my catering out of there and still run a little restaurant too. While my girls are like over here making hand over fist. So I have this other income. It's, it was great. Well, the deal went sour it went, you know, really thing, bad things happened. She was so upset. She had to be accountable for her actions that she called the police and turned us in. She knew this big organization that this girl ran with all these women running around town, selling weed, growing it, doing this. And I'm like, I'm not growing weed. But anyways, it was enough evidence that she gave them the right number to get in the system. And then her, the private cops started buying from our girls and we had a whole coup and a takedown. And one afternoon, it was the, the day before one of my drivers was having her wedding reception at her home. So like her family was there, her mother, the house cleaners and everybody. And the big sting operation is they go to everyone's house at the same time so that you don't tip everyone off. So they came, went to all three of my girls' drivers' house and my house at the same time. Yeah, it was really intense. <laughs> I wasn't home. My husband was, um, our friends were home and then my husband got home and he called me. I was shopping for a dress for that wedding reception the next day. I was at the mall and he called me and said, babe, they are here and they want you to come home. And I, you know, you just start shaking and I, I put some, that. that was, I believe in 05. Wow. Four or five. But then because of that, I met my lawyer, who is the most amazing man and my mentor, and a California true and true, and a lover of cannabis himself. And he said, listen, the DA already called you the Florence Nightingale of cannabis. What you're doing is beautiful work. You just got to run by the rules and follow the rules. And thank God you live in California where you have medical marijuana to follow the rules to do what you do. And so I did. I got legal. I formed a collective. I had a truth delivery service with the collective running by the books, paying my taxes or so, uh, you know, running above the board. When we went legal in 16, 2016, everything changed especially in Los Angeles, they're like, oh, they sold us a lie. They told me that because I was a woman and a woman of color, even, you know, I'm not just a white lady. I lived in, you know, what I thought was a downtrodden area. Venice was at the time filled with gangs when I was running my business. Uh, I got busted. I should be first for licensing with social equity. Not the case and still not the case and still a shit show. But, you know, so my business isn't legal anymore. Like, I can't run a delivery service above the board anymore because I don't have an actual license anymore. 
So that's that today. And the pivot has come because the universe knew that I wasn't going to go anywhere. That as a California girl, I am grateful to see cannabis come out of, um, of, um, you know, decriminalization and to be legalized. I wanted to see that in my lifetime. I don't necessarily enjoy the way that they're regulating it. However, I think it's a step in the right move in the right direction. Uh, what I did was I left that county, which is a shit show of Los Angeles, and I moved to a different county. And this county is super pot friendly. And this county is open. And the universe has brought me a beautiful pivot by bringing me an opportunity to write this CBD cocktail book which allows me to make the pivot and still educate people about plant medicine, this gorgeous plant that still unites us all to bring it to people's lives, to raise the quality of their lives by incorporating cannabis products, CBD even into their lives. It'll still raise the quality of life. It'll still make them feel better. Might not get you high, but it'll still make you feel better. I know. I know because I use it. I know. I've had many, 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 many friends and patients, if you will, use it. I've seen it anecdotally. I've seen the beautiful difference. And now I've been, I feel like by myself being given this opportunity to write this CBD cocktail book, like I didn't, I don't even drink. So I wouldn't have thought of this in my wildest imagination. This is a direct gift from the universe, like Smoke in the Kitchen was from Mary Jane when they were launching. Like, Nobody knew who I was, but I was the queen of really event planning. It came way back. Like I threw, I was known in Venice Beach for my parties that I threw these great parties. We always had delicious food and plenty of joints. Mm -hmm. And when you have that reputation, people come to your parties and you get a good delivery service because you have a great re reputation and you will provide a safe place for people to come and get their medicine and not be seen in the public. And that's what I provided for many, many years. So now with the onset of the CBD cocktail book, I feel grateful that it will allow me a platform to come out and educate people about CBD, about how you can incorporate it in a very fun way in your life and adds quality still. And I'm going to also be, well, I don't know if I should say it yet, but I'm launching a whole CBD focused on senior 55 and older community program because I'm over 55 now and I want to educate them about really good products and I give them an experience hands-on experience with some of the products that are out there today and give them an opportunity to have it just ship right to their home directly so I feel like this is opening up a beautiful opportunity where I don't have to have a special license at this moment. I can go across state lines. I can talk about it. I can sell it. And it's no big deal. And it's still true, truly, truly helping and raise the quality of people's lives. A hundred percent. I love that. Um, okay. So what are like three of your favorite cocktails from the CBD mocktail book? Well, I'll give you two because I just made them and I, I Oh, they were so yummy and so well received this weekend at the Cannabis Wedding Expo. I was, you know, when people's face light up because it's really authentic and they're like, no, this is fucking delicious. You know, it's like that. I was like, yeah. So one was a, um, 
a cucumber lime mint spritzer Yum. was unbelievable. And I used kind CBD of, of mint CBD in it. I've used five, a, a thousand milligrams for three gallons. So it was a good dose. And then my other one was a lavender coconut lemonade. Ooh. And that was really beautiful too. And I used kind CBD lemon tincture in that one. It was really nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I think this is like for people who are looking for ways to incorporate cannabis into gatherings, I think these mocktails are fabulous. And also just like unwind after a day and just like have experience your medicine as something that's a little more special than just like squirting a tincture in your mouth. And because there's lots of ways to consume CBD. (laughs) This is just a more elevated experience. And yes, exactly. That's my myth my goal always elevate and educate the experience of cannabis uh and this is like before you know it when you've got 10 milligrams of cbd in you and you're not used to it all of a sudden you're like oh man i feel a little more relaxed and i feel really chill and you don't even know you didn't realize that that's what it was you know what i mean so it sets a tone for a party really well yeah, and it makes you look really super hip. <laughs> like, oh, we had cannabis there. And, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't have a, a one-to-one THC CBD tincture as well and offer that to specific guests, you know. But starting with the CBD for to lay down the tone with your party is going to be a really beneficial way. Far beneficial than alcohol, right? I mean, you know, I think it's interesting because I took – my friend Rachel to, um, and I think we even talked about this in episode two of my podcast. We went to um, the couples getaway together as besties instead of being in a couple. Because, um, you know, I was booked for that when I still had a partner. And then I I, I love that you and Deidre are so uh, open. Like it's, it's truly like one of the five high standards is just being inclusive. And she was like, or both of you were like, whatever, just bring your bestie. And it was more fun, I think, for me having a bestie there than it would have been with my partner. And like, we had a great time. And she, Rachel still drinks alcohol. And she was like, really appreciating that the Glowing Goddess Getaway is uh, just cannabis zone. Yeah. And it really is a whole it's different a thing to offer people that different experience, you know, of not mixing it, just just try cannabis, just a whole weekend of just that. Yeah. What, where do you really go? What does it do? How does it shift you? You know? Yeah. Especially with group dynamics. Cause it does like dissolve those, like, um, I don't know the paranoia, the like mean girl stuff, like all of that kind of gets dissolved and like, we're able to be connected so much faster. And, I think so. Yeah. And it, it's a group yeah. vibe. And I think like, you know, involving, CBD with like plenty of lounge chairs and places for people to get comfortable if they have a lot and they just need to, you know, relax. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, sometimes for me, like sister mother cannabis, like will tell me what I need. And like, sometimes I just like get high in some way or consume in some way. And I just need to sit my ass down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And just That's listen. good. It helps you there's always a safe place to do that at a GGG, right? Absolutely. Yeah. There's always some place to sit your ass down. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you talk about your choice to um, leave LA County, sell your house in Venice and move to Joshua Tree and like live the dream? Yeah, it was just a uh, time, you know, I watched 
I lived in Venice in a very, very special time, and I got to experience it, I believe, in one of its last heydays, truly. Uh, the only, I think the only time before that would have probably been when, like, I don't know, uh, Abbott Kimmy lived there. <laughs> but anyways, I feel I lived there in the last of the days of a true artist community and I really love living in the artist community I again I worked in that coffee shop so I was like in the hub of it it all surrounded around oh it's like friends that they show friends right they yeah so it, everything surrounded itself around that you went there to find out what was going on for the weekend and whatnot right even if you didn't want coffee you still went in and grabbed one just because you wanted to run into somebody you'd know right mm-hmm um so and then because I ran it I was so missed I was like the you know the unofficial mayor of the town of Venice Beach so everyone knew me in fact my own husband knew me when he had just moved from New York there and tried to get my attention and I was like next 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 (laughs) until I saw him out of context you know it's just work for you right Oh my God, what was I saying? Oh, Venice. Okay, so I feel like I got the best delicious parts of it. And then I thought, and ah, and I was so grateful to have been able to purchase a home at the time that I did <laughs> before it really, really jacked. And, you know, we stayed in it, we lived in it, we loved it so much. We loved having a true foundation foothold in the community. And we had very close friends in the community, other like couple friends and like a very strong communal sense there, truly. Uh, I sat on the Venice uh, Cannabis Community, uh, like I sat on this Venice City Council for Cannabis Community. Like, you know, I am one of the founding members, you know what I mean? It's like, I feel grateful for that community. However, I saw the decline happen. I saw that the city of Los Angeles and its leaders are leading very, in a kind manner, where it comes to cannabis, where it comes to the homeless problems, where it comes to many different situations. And so it, and because my business of that delivery service that was thriving always, and now we have legalization and I can't get a license, I can't get a license and whatever. Uh, there's like my, my business is absolutely dwindling. It's shriveling away to nothing. You know, it's the truth. And so I'm grateful that four years ago, Deidre and I met and I'm the founding member of GGG and that gives me other opportunities to have other sources of income, you know, and that book and many ways that this will expand to. But I feel, and also my husband was a touring musician for many years for many different people. And so he was on the road a lot and our, that home supported the lifestyle and I felt like we outgrew the lifestyle of Los Angeles and we're not in the retired years yet. We're still a little young for that. However, we're in those years of shift of shift. I believe there's a time I'm sure you've heard of the, uh, Saturn of the, um, Saturn return when you're 20 years, seven years old. Uh-huh. Okay. Saturn return. Yes. Yeah, so there's something else that happens between 48 and 52 and that's called your Chiron return. Oh. Yes. And I know much about this because my friends studied about it, but I also believe in it and I saw a shift and I've seen it in my husband and everyone sees it because between 48 and 52, we're going back and evaluating what 
is going to be of the second half of our life. We've built the well and now we're here to fill it. Okay. And if you don't do your internal work, you're going to have a harder time in the second half, mind, body, and soul. And I think there's a shift. You see people around those times, they have that midlife crisis. They have an affair. They quit their jobs. They buy a new sports car. They do these crazy things. So it might look like we were in our Chiron return, but we're out of our Chiron return because we're older than that. <laughs> we learn from it. And what I learned from it was that we couldn't afford that lifestyle anymore. We made a great investment and thank God we did because it afforded us to have a guest house, which we ended up moving into the guest house and renting our front house out on a permanent lease situation. And it, it paid our mortgage. I know and that was the reality, but we were done with that. Uh, we were just, we needed to take the leap of faith. And I never in my imagination thought it was going to happen that way. In my dreams, I always thought we'd have enough money where we would purchase a place out here and be both, mm -hmm. have our Venice property and our JT property. Because I knew the Joshua tree called to my soul because it's very expansive. I've never lived in the desert. I've always lived at the ocean my entire life. So it was, I had nothing to compare it to. And I just knew my husband would be super stoked out here because it's kind of like the Wild West still. And, uh, and there's a lot of artists that have been pushed out of the Venice area. And I've been watching it happen for several years. And they have been pushed out, but they had time and space and money to be able to move here and have the space to create art. And I believe the onset of Burning Man has also shifted people's perspective of what they could be in and how they can create art and be in different dynamics of environment. And that's hence why the big flux of Joshua Tree in the last few years, you, you know, it, it's been pretty obvious. So we made the shift last year. We just said one day it just came out of a meditation sort of feeling of just like, holy shit, I think we're going to have to sell this house. It was like that. And once we made the decision, I, I looked here immediately and everything was scary for about a month, you know, when you're in escrow and you're like, <laughs> but it all happened in divine right order. And we are here and I cannot tell you, how grateful I am each and every day when I wake up and all this expansion and all this quiet energy and not the rumble of a city. I always thought the city and that vibration was a very good, a source of like, you know, inspiration to get me going and drive. But now I just realize after 30 something years, you don't need that anymore. What you need is peace and quiet and alignment. And when you're in alignment, you feel much more expansive and many more opportunities and the quote unquote right opportunities help you because come to you because it's with ease and alignment and perfection from the divine. And I guess that's what I wanted to do is put my faith into my divine connection and expansive space and live from that more, more daily. I don't think I didn't try the other way in the city, but I think that by doing coming here, it really catapulted us in to that space for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, I love that. Also, I can totally identify with that because I also always thought I would live 
both in LA and up where I'm living now. And like when the shift came where I realized, oh, I really can't afford LA anymore at all. And it's just like, I got to just cut ties and go, you know, catastrophe of my financial life (laughs) and like get and just figure my life out. And like, I, but I'm grateful. Like, I think being up here is, um, it's still divine right order for me in some way. And like, I believe it is. Yeah. And just it makes you be quiet and look and get to the matter of it, get to the down brass tacks of things. Right. Like I only have me to look at. I only have this to look at. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And as long as I can, of course, (laughs) (laughs) I'll be honest. I'm trying to figure out how to like be on the road with my cat this summer with the glowing goddess getaway. So if you come visit me and Celine, (laughs) you might also get to meet Biscuit Reynolds. Um, Celine, will you tell us about some of uh, the places that the getaway is going this year? Yes. I mean, oh my God, I'm thrilled beyond because last year, well, it's been happening. You know, I live in the West Coast. I live in California and we live in a weed bubble. Mm. And I believe this whole West Coast is a weed bubble. And we have so many events, so many ways you can be a participant in being social and being part of using cannabis and being social and these kind of ways, whatever. Um, you know, I knew we needed to get the fuck out of the West Coast. <laughs> and we took a leap of faith and we went to Colorado and Massachusetts last year. And when we went to Colorado and I saw that. 13 other states showed up for us. They like drove from Connecticut, Florida, you know, they came from everywhere. Cross country drove to be there with us because it was easier for them to get there than California. Then I realized, oh, duh, California is expensive to fly to. They always have to stay one end or the other in a hotel. It adds to the cost of the getaway. So, oh, duh. Let's get to them. And when we came closer to them, I just realized from the Midwest on to the East, they are hungry. Women are hungry for community. They're hungry for sisterhood. They're hungry to learn how to get out of shame and end the stigma around using this beautiful plant that really does help them be a better mom, many of them. There, you know, and so it was mind-blowing and heart-expanding to see these women's lives shift as us being there, holding space, being present for them, offering them this warm, delicious weekend, right? And when you see that shift happen, it's just like, oh my God, we have to go to more places that they've been calling us and we have to make this happen so we can make it easier for these women to get there and to bring their girlfriends to the tune of we've pretty much cut the price of the ticket in half, just about, so that it will allow more women an ability to make it and to bring their friend and now they can both come. You know what I mean? So let's see. Well, this year we are going back to Colorado, but I'm really stoked about it. I believe we're going to Chicago or Illinois. Somewhere in Illinois. Yeah, somewhere in Illinois. And we have been begged 
to come there for a long time. So they are stoked. Like it, it's our biggest response. They are stoked. Yeah. Of course, stoked to go back to Massachusetts. We loved that. It was so awesome. What's the, 420, the Fat 420 lesbians are coming yeah. back. And they said they might even come to Illinois as well. So okay. super stoked. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I am over the moon ecstatic to go into Canada. I think it's going to yeah. be so amazing. It's going to be a whole different type of experience for us. And I'm, we have several sister girlfriends uh, that live in the Toronto area that have come to the GGG. We have a, a good, a fair amount of women in that area uh, that are already GGG sisters that have attended. So I think we'll have a great response in the BC, I mean, in the Toronto area as well as BC because, you know, anyways, I'm very excited about those places. And then we're supposed to be ending like the year in Vegas and then ending on that Sunday night with a gala. Ooh. and I are talking about it. We, if we could make that, you know, like the stay one extra night and have your partner come out and, uh, and do the gala the Sunday night, it would be in Vegas of all people next level. Right. Yeah. So, so that's what I'm envisioning. I'm, I'm excited about getting out of the state. I'm excited about spreading our love across the country. I'm like, I'm from the old days where, you know, people went on tour with the Grateful Dead. And I think it sounds really fun to be like, I want to get my own camper van and like follow the GGG trailer, you know? I mean, that's what I'm trying to do. So <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> even if I just have to buy it for a year and then sell it, I don't care. There's, I mean, or there's some options. There's like a rental place in, in Venice yeah. somewhere by the airport. I dropped one of my lift passengers off to pick up a camper van. You know, you can do it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's plenty. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited what's possible too, like to have so many of them like in a row, like, cause there's a streak of four. Um, oh, I know. I mean, it's I'm like, you hold on to your panties. <laughs> we have some driving and some doing to do. <laughs> it's going to be fun. There'll be an absolute bonding experience for the core. That's for sure. Yeah, totally. And like, you know, also, you know, 240 bucks for all you can smoke, all you can eat and like camping is incredible like it's an incredible value for fun classes and so many fun classes like literally even if you only went to one class it you could pay the rest of the time exactly yeah like you could pay 240 to go to one of those classes it's just give and give and give plus like you might like just the people you meet and the quality of the experience like it's just always the next level experience your meditation classes by the way are like some of my favorite and like i always walk away like um, from the meditations with you, like with like, a new understanding of like the universe or like something like there's, you create such a potent space, like for meditation there and like utilizing cannabis and all of it. It's just so good. Thank you. Thank you. It's something that, um, has only come to me in the last, you know, year or so of the getaways. Um, I love to facilitate all that, but I didn't think I was going to be doing it. You know what I mean? Like I love to bring it, but it's something that I enjoy doing it for myself. And I've seen the difference that it's made in my own life. And I also see the struggle that people put themselves through, like even coming to terms with that word meditation. So part of that is like just introducing them to the concept and just a light feeling of it. 
just to get a glimpse of the feeling of what meditation might be like for them. So they're not so scared to try it the next time or the next time or the next time. Yeah. Right? Totally. So that's the fun gift of that to me is because many women, and as we go into those other states, they don't have a, re a, a regular regime daily regime of a meditation practice, you know, and they're scared of that. It's yeah. done, you know, because immediately, I don't know why people think like you meditate. Oh, you got to meditate for uh, hours or half hour or 20 minutes. No, you don't. You can start with like 30 seconds, you know, <laughs> just time away for you to connect to something bigger, you know? So that's all. I'm just a, a really a reminder for all the things that go through my own head and what I've struggled with, right? Yeah. And also like, it's a good, the getaways themselves are just a good place to incubate women's spirituality. Like I think like the connection, cause it's just so much about like the connection to the goddess and the connection to each other. And like, I honestly think that like when we're connected like that, we are raising the goddess. Cause the more you have people like yes. together, and the more you have people like celebrating together and luxuriating together and eating together and feasting, it just like, it feels like time immemorial. Like, obviously this is happening in 2020 because we've got legal cannabis and new states. And this is like very much about this time, but the way the celebration creates, I think is timeless because like, we're like having these, it's almost like ancient Greece where we have these like spreads of food and like how they used to celebrate the fermented grape. Like we're celebrating the the beautiful cannabis plant and like you know and just using that as a way to like spiritually vibe up and connect um to whatever we believe because everyone's beliefs are totally welcome and supported completely and, completely i mean for me it was in multi-generational women sisterhood that i developed my concept of how i connect to something greater than me anyway and like you know from women's oral traditions and it's just such a i love the glowing goddess getaway for being that and for truly being a multi-generational sisterhood like there's people from all walks of life and all ages and like some of the getaways have uh luxurious uh <laughs> things that you can rent like you can get like a, a little cabin sometimes for a little extra money if you need that for accessibility and so it's not just camping or you know sometimes we can bring in our own little camper vans or whatever if we need more comfort and i'm a big fan of glamping and everywhere we've camped, it's been very car accessible. And you can do a lot of luxurious things if you can drive your car next to your site. So like I say, come, even if you're scared of camping and like do it up in the way that you need to feel the most comfortable so that you can be your most free self. So you can just be part of the experience and drop in. Yep. Yeah. That's what we're aiming to create every, each and every time, like a, just a beautiful, safe place for people to drop into themselves. Yeah. And also just like a note to all the goddesses out there who are like planning to come get your tickets now. Cause it really helps when I'll say this just on behalf of event planners everywhere. It's so hard to front all that money. And when you sell tickets, it really relieves a lot. So if you can get your tickets now, get them now to ensure that your, your, that, that getaway is definitely going to happen because you know, we want them to happen and it only happens if the community bands together and makes it happen. Cause you guys right. do a lot as leaders and we have a lot of goddess guides who are, who show up because we love it. And like, but we need you, the community to like show up for it also. And like also right. bring your best self, bring your most creative self. If you have like art, like an art installation you want to do or like outfits you want to wear, like start planning them now. It makes, it's like Burning Man where Burning Man, like literally they just show up 
land and some porta potties and they're like, Hey, you guys figure it out. Uh, like the glowing goddess getaway has a lot of luxurious amenities, but like it can always be more. That's right. Always, yeah. always. Yeah. Uh, I love you so much, Saline. Thank you so much for being on my I podcast. Love I, I love you. Thank you so much for allowing me to share my story with you. Oh, more soon, please. I think you're definitely yeah. one of those guests that I've had on that I'm like, oh, we could talk for three or four more hours. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I love you dearly. Thank you again. And um, come find me, ladies, at the official Saline and uh, buy my new book, <laughs> CBD Cocktails. <laughs> yeah, I'll put links to both of those in okay, the show cool. notes. But also, Good. like, I just want to, I know I just wrapped up, but I got I forgot to ask you about, like, you had an Instagram account that was 56,000 followers. 53. 53,000 and Instagram took you down. Yeah. Probably cannabis policing of some kind, right? I don't know. <laughs> it's terrible, but I just want people out there to understand that like when you're trying to create community and it's, connect to people, it's so heartbreaking when that kind of stuff. It's so hard because also because when people go to see who you are, it doesn't validate the longevity of who and what I am when they're like, oh, you got 3,000 people following you. You're like, well, I appreciate each and every one of those, but you're right. And then after having 53,000, it was very hard to get a hard on for 422 people. And I did because I had to show up to be me. And it's like, is this worth it or not? But in today's day and age, you got to do what you got to do. And you got to be out there for people to connect to. And I just always love being there to be a connecting force, truly. And I feel just as much uh, interaction with this account that I did at 53. Like, what? Whatever. it's still people who want to follow me and want to talk to me and want my advice and want to say they love me and I love them so it's all good whatever it is and I just want to say I see you you know quadrupling that uh and like getting far past that 53 again and also just reminding folks to get on people's email lists and to really if there's creators out there you want to connect to make sure that you get connected to the thing that they own because Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and, you know, TikTok, they all own those followers and they own your access to them. And so it's really important to just like have those backups um, yeah. you actually own like your email list. So, yes, you know, just, oh, like, sure. just the thing I learned about you a couple of days ago that you had once had this account and it got deleted yeah. and it's just, it's a nightmare. And I know so many people who've gone through it and I just like to, let the folks out there know what it's like as a creator on the back end. It's, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. But I'm more than my Instagram account. A thousand percent. I always tell myself that. I'm like, you know what? You are more than your Instagram account. Okay. It has nothing to do with your value. You're worthy. Exactly <laughs> who you are. And you're such an expanded and beautiful person. Very hard. <laughs> I mean, this is also to all of you out there who are in Aries, like Celine, imagine who you could be if you meditated. I'm just going to put that out there. I feel like Aries who meditates is an unstoppable force. Thank you. I feel that way too. Yeah. Uh, I love you so much, Saline. I love you, love you, love you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for including me. Yeah.